This episode of the ABZ Football Podcast is sponsored by Siberia Bar and Hotel on Bellman Street, Aberdeen. Located only 30 seconds walk away from the nearest bus stop, taking supporters to Pataudry for free on match days. Siberia Bar and Hotel is open seven days a week, all year round, and get fired in with our exclusive discounts. Head to the bar and quote the phrase ABZ Pod, that's ABZ Pod, for a £3 pound of Foster's, a £4 for a pint of Moretti or Dark Fruits, or £5 for a pint of Fierce or a Daiquiri any day of the week, including match days. Come on, you Reds. Red slight of foot there. It's Tuesday and you know what that means. Welcome to episode 96 of the ABZ Football Podcast. I'm Gary Scott and as always I am joined by Gavin, Jay Baxter and Graham Steele. Gents, how's it going? Good, thank you. All is well, but point of order. Um, my friend Chris at work was immediately on me after last week's episode went out. Graham, we made a, a massive boo-boo with the Simpsons list. Because we we missed out, he only moved twice. The Hank Scorpio episode. Yeah, that's quite annoying and embarrassing because that is quite a good episode. I think that's got to go in there. So um, I was going to dare say we maybe uh, I don't know drop out the baseball one and no. correct that. No, no baseball, baseball one has stays. to stay, and that's a classic. Okay. Yeah. Even, even I think technically it was softball. I don't actually know what the difference is, but that has to stay. So we can maybe revise that list for episode one hundred. Or maybe you know what? Maybe it's a side shoot podcast again. We're gonna do the we're gonna do the Don's Royal Rumble. Who's to say we don't do a Simpsons one? Possibly, but yeah, it was a full part of epic proportions. Yeah, so that is, for, uh, that's embarrassing. In the name of common decency, I just want to apologise. Seconded. In a week that saw Davy Robertson emptied at Peterhead in short order, which was then followed up by Roger Mitchell, the Peterhead chairman, throwing literally everyone under the sun under the bus. A spectacular interview. Apart from himself, of course. Obviously, not his fault. <laughs> Although, who employed David Robertson to begin with? Hashtag. Just saying. And <laughs> um, what I did enjoy about that as well was it was almost there was. Did you not think there was the the Davy Cormacks about it all a little bit as well with the all the other chairmen before they were asking what's going on? It's the it's the worst that we've ever seen you be. Like it was a bit of the whole all the chairmen here phoning me asking what's going on. And that's the best performance I've seen from an Aberdeen team at Fir Park. Anyway. Yeah, you got to wonder if Alan Burroughs was playing the long game with that chat. <laughs> I think he might have been. I think he might have been. And a week that saw the entirely predictable conclusion to the open goal Broomhill publicity stunt come to the fore. Is anyone in any way, shape or form surprised by this one? Not really. It lasted maybe a lot longer than I thought it would have done. Uh, I'm neither surprised by the outcome nor the sycophants within the Scottish... Um, oh, playing circle, ex-playing circle coming out, uh, defending um, their efforts and their ultimate conclusion of this um, <coughs> project. It's all right, though. The oh, the Broomhill social medias had a big improvement, so, you know, a big success. I did enjoy the the massive statement that then gets yeah. to the bottom, which then says, but performance of the pitch have been shit. Yeah, but, you know, they increased their Instagram following by 8,000 or something, so, you know. Yeah, got a, got a bunch of guys. I'm presumably 
chunky contracts for where they are. So I'm sure that'll have no lasting effect on Broomhill. Yeah, Kyle Broadfoot will be able to buy plenty of eggs on that contract, I'm pretty sure. Who's Kyle Broadfoot? Who am I thinking? Is that Craig's brother? Ah, Kirk Broadfoot, there we go. Kirk's more talented brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, after a couple of hefty episodes, it's planned to be a slightly shorter one this week, but who knows? We don't know what the next iron a bit has got to gonna, gonna throw us, but we're going to bring you the latest news from Bataudry and Comrade Park this week. Spoiler alert, not much. We'll then check in with the Quines and bring you the latest round of Lone Watch. We're going to preview the return of the Cinch Premiership as the mighty travel to Perth to face St. Johnston. And then after the break, it's time for the return of Jeff's Music Corner. And then we're joined by the undisputed podcast tag team champions of Scotland. Danny and Sam from Dog Saints Podcast are back to give us their perspective on how Saints are doing briefly. And then we'll just talk about a lot of nonsense for the remaining 45 minutes. But first, in a change to the format. That's right, Gav, we're going to rip up the format. <laughs> when did Eric Bischoff get in charge of this podcast? Well, there we go. What's controversy create? Shit, we're TV. That's absolutely it. Anyway, news from Cormac Park or Todd this week. Um, pretty much nothing. Best way to describe this past week at AB24. Literally nothing appears to have happened with a number of players away in international duty. Perhaps, perhaps a good week to get some managers in from, I don't know, further afield to have some interviews. Maybe. Who knows? Other than a puff piece on Red TV between Angus MacDonald and Matty Pollock, nothing much to report, boys. No, it's uh, it would it would appear that the the chat about uh, a manager signed, sealed, delivered, ready to announce what two Thursdays ago by the time this goes out was um, nothing more than r- rumor and innuendo. Perhaps to, that ties in conveniently with the announcement of the season ticket sales, as Graham predicted once upon a time. Um, but you know, for my money, I mean, I'm still quite settled with um, where we are as far as the club structure, with Bay Robson still in charge, and I'm looking forward to our upcoming fixture and uh, St. Johnston. Carry on that momentum. Keep dialing in. Get this back on track. Graham's got nothing to add to that, so it's all good. Graham agrees. Graham agrees in order to the head. Yep. yep. Did you enjoy the Angus McDonald, Matty Pollock interview on Red TV? I did. I thought it was quite good fun. I didn't know where Legends was. Quick host where I live, actually, so I might pop in one day. I didn't know where it was either, to be honest. It shows how often I'm in the city centre, but never mind. There we go. Shall we move on? Let's, yes. Yes. Okay, on to Lone Watch. Uh, Connor McLennan at St. Johnson. Obviously no game for Connor this weekend or next weekend on account of the Adam Montgomery rule. Uh, Kieran Iguenia at Wraith. An unused sub as Wraith relinquished their hold on the SPFL Trust Trophy after they were beaten 1-0 by Hamilton Ackies at the Falkirk Stadium on Sunday afternoon. Jack Mill, another 90 minutes under his belt, but this time taken away from the centre-back position, playing in a midfield three for Kelty as they ground out a solid 0-0 draw at Falkirk on Friday night in League One. Aaron Reid and Evan Towler, 90 minutes for Evan Towler. Aaron Reid getting the final half hour as Elgin went down by two goals to nil at East Fife in League Two on Friday night. That's Elgin now only three points away from bottom spot. Yes, Gavin? That's been a disastrous like second half of the season especially. I mean, they were up close to the top early on, weren't they? I could have been, I can't remember. Where I Elgin think they were picked? doing quite well. They were, they were doing, doing They were doing really well. And then they got two Aberdeen players on loan. <laughs> Obviously, correlation is not causation, but I'm just saying. Exactly. exactly. Uh, Kevin Hanratty, no game at the weekend for, for Martin in the Highland League, but he was on the bench for their 2-0 win over Banks of D last Wednesday. Again, I have no idea if he played. No idea if he got off the bench. Come on, step it up for Martin United Twitter. Come on, get on it. Anthony Stewart, the Milk King's Don, still injured, but... 
inching towards a return, pictured back in training this week. MK Dons with a 1-0 win over Morecambe in League One down south. That's three wins in their last three for the Milton Keynes Dons, all by a goal to nil as they begin to ease themselves away from the relegation spots. So with those thin margins, what you really want is a bomb scare centre-half coming back in the team. But hey, there we go. And Dean Campbell at Stevenage back in the squad, failed to come off the bench though as Stevenage were beaten 3-1 at home by Salford City. Ex-Dons alumni, Callum Hendry, how fitting because we play St. Johnson this weekend on the score sheet for the visitors. Stevenage back there to third, only one point ahead of Carlisle United now in the race for automatic promotion from League Two. Steve Evans is going to have to find some of those brown envelopes down the back of that city, I think, at this rate. Vicente Bajowin at Excelsior, obviously out injured back in Aberdeen training. And then Dante Povara at the Charleston Battery. A first start for Charleston for Dante and he lasted until just after the hour mark as the battery thumped Davy Robb's former team, the Tampa Bay Rowdies in the USL Championship. The battery unbeaten in their opening three games, sitting nicely in third spot in the league. For the young team, no game this week. The scheduled game at United postponed, with the Dons having a number of players away on international duty. St Mirren away is the next scheduled game for the young team on Friday afternoon. And for the women... A first game post-split for the Quines with another trip to Glasgow, this time to face Glasgow women. Two wins for the Dons already this season against Glasgow, a 2-0, 1-0 of the scorelines there. Millie Uckert coming back into the starting lineup after her recent suspension. Madsen Finney also back into the starting eleven. Captain Lauren Campbell onto the bench with Nadine Hansen taking the captain's armband. Great start for the visitors as Bailey Hutchison netted on 10 minutes, knocking home her initial effort, having come back off the post. Hutchison then with the ball in the net a couple of minutes later, latching onto a fine ball from Finney, but that one ruled out for offside. But the Quines didn't have long to wait for their second. Millie Uckert's bursting run down the right flank led to her cutting the ball back in the box, and the ball eventually fell for Ailey Shore, who netted. Hansen then drawing a good save from Reeve in the Glasgow goals before she also had to pan away an effort from Bailey Collins halftime. 2-0 to Aberdeen, but despite their dominance, it was the home side who pounced first in the second half. Gallagher getting the break of the ball and a challenge with Don's keeper and Lisa McCann with the winger calmly rolling the ball home. But Aberdeen did begin to assert their dominance once again. Shore and Hutchinson both going close before Ava Thompson entered the fray to replace Bailey Collins. Thompson nearly setting up Stuart before Hutchinson went close again as the Dons looked to get a third goal to seal the points. And that third goal did arrive on 90 minutes. Christy Feld and Hutchinson stepping up from 25 yards to send her free kick into the bottom corner of the net. 3-1 Aberdeen, a massive win. The Dons now up into ninth place. One point clear of Dundee United. Five clear of the relegation playoff place with all to play for in the post-split. Next up, Spartans at the Balmoral next Sunday. On a side note on this, I quite like the way that the Women's League sets the split up because it's um, two games. Like So in the, 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 in the you know home and away fixtures for the teams at the, at the back end in the split rather than what, the, what happens in the men's division. I quite like that setup. It seems like something maybe the men's division should perhaps look at doing. What do you think? Seems fairer. So you don't end up this lopsided. Mm-hmm. You get someone three times at home or whatever, but that would involve change, and we're kind of resistant to that. Anyway, there we go. Let's get back on to the main event of the evening: a barn burner. It is, of course, St Johnston versus Aberdeen in the Cinch on Saturday afternoon. As we now enter the business end of the season, it's fair to say four games now in April as the race to make the top six and to keep in the hunt for third spot rolls on starting with that trip to Perth on Saturday to face St. Johnston. Now, the Dons coming out on top in both fixtures against Calum Davidson's side so far this campaign. A 1-0 win at McDermott earlier in the season, thanks to Leighton Clarkson's wondrous free kick. A 2-0 win over Saints in January. That was a late double from Duke in what would prove to be 
Jim Goodwin's final win as Aberdeen boss. Indeed, Saints are the only side in the league that the Dons hold a 100% record against this season. Aberdeen, of course, looking to build on three wins on the trot. A fourth win here would be the first time we've secured back-to-back wins on the road and four wins in a row in the league since September 2020. How depressing is that? Very. Been a long few years. It has. Both sides coming at this one in markedly different form. Saints with only three wins since the return after the World Cup break. The last of those came at Dundee United on the 18th of February, courtesy of Mark Birigitti. One win in their last five compared to a Don's side with four wins in our last five. The Don's generally with a pretty good record at McDermott since the inception of the SPFL Premiership. The sides having faced each other 17 times in Perth. The Don's with nine wins and five draws. Only the three defeats the last of those still coming in May last year, that horrendously awful 1-0 defeat at McDermott at the back end of last season. Fair to say, these are generally tight encounters at McDermott. There's not been more than one goal scored in any of these fixtures since a 1-1 draw in November 2019. And in our last six trips to Perth, the Dons have won four, all by one goal to nil. There's one 0-0 draw in there, and then there's that aforementioned 1-0 win for Saints in May. Our overall record in Perth is a winning one. Uh, played 75, won 27, drawn 24, lost 24 across all competitions. Coming into the game, the Dons in fourth, Saints in eighth. The Saints are nine points off of Aberdeen. It's fair to say Saints really, really struggled at home this season. The joint worst home record in the top flight. Only three wins out of their 13 home games so far this season. The Dons, of course, with an away record, leave something to be desired. But that recent win at Tannadice, perhaps... Shows there might be a little bit of grit in there that we've not seen from a little while for a man Aberdeen side on the road. Goals were the massive issue for Saints last campaign that saw them sucked into the relegation playoffs. A slight improvement in this regard, 33 goals in their 29 games to date, which means they're the seventh highest scorers in the league. Dre Wright and Stevie Mayfield, the joint top scorers with six apiece of their 33 goals, 23 coming from open play, six from set plays, three penalties and one on goal. Weirdly, Saints are actually doing quite well in front of goal considering they have the second worst expected goals in the league. So over their, excuse me, so over their fixture so far, they are only expected to score 25.5 goals. They have got 33. So they're overperforming in front of goal by 30%. They've only scored 14 goals though in their 13 games at home. That probably seems to be the biggest problem area. And we'll touch on this with Danny and Sam from the Dogger Saints later on. Defensively, a little bit like last season as well, maybe a little bit unsaints-like historically. They've conceded 48 in the league campaign so far. That's the fourth worst record in the league. And even more unsaints-like, it feels like 12 of those coming from set pieces. In terms of style of play, with the ball, not a side looking to take elongated periods of time with the ball or building passage of play. They've only had 55 10-plus passing sequences across the campaign so far. That's the third lowest in the league. Only Livingston and St Mirren are lower on that metric. And absolutely one of the more direct sides in the league as well. They move the ball an average of 1.55 metres per second. That's the fifth quickest in the league. In terms of territory, again, we'll tweet out the graphic later on, but in terms of the zones in control, you'll see that they're more than happy to give up territory across the pitch. The red zones are the areas that where the opposition team has more than 55% of the ball. Statistically, St. Johnston, the least pressing side in the division of PPDA of 163 which I think we could all agree was demonstrated in their performance at Pataudry in January, where Saints very much sat in, asked us to try and break them down. That said, they are pretty clinical when they do win possession back high up the park. They've had four goal-ending high turnovers this season. That's the fourth best record in the league, although I think that that was helped quite a lot by Mark Birigitti 
In terms of performers, Dre Wright and Stevie May have caught the eye in terms of their goals. Dre Wright also supplying a number of assists as well this season. Calm Davidson has been favouring a back three uh, with two up top, but with Nicky Clark now out for the season, it's likely we'll see Stevie May up top with either Theo Bear or Zach Rodden. So there we go. That's St. Johnston. Um, Gav just made the ooh gesture there, which I'm sure will not come back to bite oh, him on the arse oh. come Saturday. Oh, no, no not Zach Rodden. Um, oh, there we go. Mark it down. Um, gents, your thoughts ahead of Saturday. The Dons obviously coming at this one with a bit of momentum, a bit of form. In a weird way, the international breaks probably come at the worst possible time for us, I think. Yeah. Um, but we, huge game. Need to win it to try and keep the momentum up and try and continue that chase down of hearts in third spot. Yeah, we talked about this before um, we broke for the, the international break that if I were going to have any realistic chance of finishing in third place, you're probably looking at a requirement of nine points from the next uh, three games to give us a base to work with in the in the post-split fixtures. St. Johnston's always one of these games. It's uh, It always astounds me what our record at McDermott Park is because I always attach like McDermott Park being a difficult place for us to go and, you know, not necessarily have um, the kind of winning record that we actually do, as you've just um, as you've just detailed there. Based on what you're saying, based on what you kind of see from St. Johnston's Twitter presence and the fans, um, they are not, you know, necessarily happy with how things are going it has been a better season than than last season you know they're not in those relegation playoffs uh spots you know they dodged relegation by the skin of their teeth you know um getting past cali thistle that maybe one game at Derry park being one step too far for cali and it was probably one of the most ruthless performances that st josh put in all season but you put out some of those stats you just mentioned there you know they're they're not prolific goal scorers i think we have definitely improved our defense uh, since by Robson's taken charge and the thing that I encourage by especially there is um, that they are seem that they're you know not as strong as you'd traditionally expect them not to be from set pieces and against Hearts especially our delivery whether it was yeah. Leighton Clarkson whether it was Hayden Coulson even Johnny Hayes it was all on point and we've got some real presence in the penalty area now with you know McDonald, Pollock, McCrory, um, even Miofsky. Even Duke, if he gets a, a run on someone. He's, Even Duke, you know. exactly. So, um, and of course, Liam Skills as well. So, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, ingredients there for us to to get this run off to a good start. I'm sure that they're going to try and make it ugly and try and make it difficult. And there's always the the factor of the sheer number of ex-Aberdeen players that are in their team <laughs> that give you the fear to an extent. But I think we're in a good place right now. And I think look forward to seeing uh, what we can do. And yeah, like I say, get this run off to a good, good start. Yeah, I think our form has picked up maybe a little early to say it's picked up away from home. But we do seem to be a lot better. Like I said, we're a lot more resilient and I would back us to score pretty much every game. So I think uh, sort of taking all that into consideration, St. Johnston giving up well, pretty much all of the pitch when you look at that graphic, not being as solid... A, sort of just defensively, and B, you know, conceding more set piece goals than you would probably associate with them. And I reckon we're tough at the back, and we've got a lot more firepower. I'm pretty optimistic that we will we will get the job done. Again, it might not be pretty, and it's probably unlikely to be high scoring, just based on you know that run of whatever it was, basically the odd goal 
is pretty much what defines these games. Um, but I'm pretty I'm pretty confident actually that we can we can get the results, uh, and we definitely need to. I think we're now at the point where I think if we're going to get if you if there's any chance of finishing third, pretty much need to be winning every week, and then get into that post split, and then you're down to you'd expect us and Hearts to probably drop points and or lose to Rangers and Celtic. So you're almost in a shoot-off between just the pair of you yeah. as to can you beat each, you know, who can beat each other and then what do you do with the other results? But we've got to be right up there with, with, with if we've, you know, if they have a bit of a, a wobble, we need to be there to capitalise. So I think it's massive that we get the three points on Saturday and if we can, you know, it just starts to turn the, turn the screw on Hearts and obviously just ratchets up the good feeling around the club and the squad. Could be a big weekend as well, potentially, just in this race, because, you know, we're at St. Johnston. Um, Hibs are at home, Motherwell. Motherwell are obviously in good form at this moment in time, since Stuart Kettlewell's gone in, since they got rid of um, Stevie Hamill. Hearts are at Kilmarnock on, on Saturday. Now, on paper, that looks like a win for Hearts, but Hearts have not travelled well this season. Kilmarnock do have a decent home record this season. I was going to say, the only reason Kilmarnock are not doomed is because of their home form. So, yeah, it's going to be tricky. Um, you know, there's an opportunity there that if you go down to, to, to McDermott and pick up the win, that, you know, you could close the gap on Hearts to potentially a point. Um, maybe two Hearts pick up a draw. That's a completely different spin on things all of a sudden, isn't it? I mean, it, from just a couple of weeks ago, it's, it's what we talked about before, the momentum that this brings. But to go from seven points to potentially just be one point behind in the space of two games... It could be huge, which is why I think there's a, a real, real emphasis from Aberdeen's perspective on, on picking up a result here. Because the week after as well, Hearts play St Mirren the week after that. St Mirren, as we've seen all season, are not an easy side to play against. Um, that might not, Hearts' record at home at Tynecastle is good, but you never know what might happen there. Then Hearts um, are away at Hibs the weekend after that. There's, there's definitely opportunities here, I think, for Aberdeen to chase this down. What I'm saying is... What I've heard there is Hearts are beating Hibs in three games' time. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Given how crucial the game is, uh, it feels to me it's almost like four cup finals for us right now. And I know it's a cliche, but it's it, it's a cliche because it's it's true here. How do you expect, presumably, it's going to be Barry Robson in charge again for this game on Saturday? How do you expect it to line up? Do you think he goes... Uh, St. Johnson have favoured with Calum Davidson all season a back three, um, generally a five across the midfield and two up top. Do you think that Robson continues then with the back three that we saw um, at the back end of the game against United and then also against Hearts last time out? Given the level of performance, especially in that first half against Hearts, um, and that's a team that you'd look at and think there's a lot of quite similar characteristics to what St. Johnson are going to bring, I would expect that's what we're going to do. Uh, cancel out the, the, the two attackers they have and get two attackers of our own up against their um, their defenders, especially. And, you know, it gives us that the ability to have the width with, you know, McCrory and if it's Hayes or Colson, depending on Hayes's condition, not heard any rumors or any chat that he's um, a long-term doubt based on what happened, him going off with the head knock. It allows us to have that presence in the midfield, the battle that's going to be there with likes of Halberg, we'll have Ramadani and Shinny. And then, you know, you get Leighton Clarkson doing what he's doing. That's, I, I would highly expect, yeah, purely based on the level of performance that we put in especially in that first 45 minutes that will go with the exact same team. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah, I agree with Gav for that. It's working. And, you know, even if we just scrape through against Hearts, it'd probably still be a reason just to to stick with it. But like you said, the first half in particular, that performance was really rather good against, you know, still a reasonable team. So 
sort of gives me enough to think that that setup works and people seem to be comfortable in it. The players seem to understand yeah. their roles and, you know, there's a lot to just making life a lot easier for them. So I don't see why we change it unless there's a, you know, sort of injuries that we don't know about currently or that happen in the next couple of days as they're preparing for the game. But Or players come back from international. There's a few boys out international. Well, so. that's true. So depending on what sort of condition they yeah. come back in. Um, but yeah, I don't see why you'd be looking to change it unless you're forced into it. Not an argument to potentially go with a three up top though to try and pin back. Like Dre Wright has been pretty much the standard player for St. Johnson this season, coming from right wing back. Is an argument you go with a three up top though to try and pin that back and maybe even Matt or you go with three to occupy the three central defenders that, that St. Johnson likes to play? I think with the three at the back system that we play, there's enough opportunity for, you know, again, whether it's Hayden Colson or Johnny Hayes to do exactly that. If we have the lion share of the ball, that's going to happen naturally anyway. Um, I've not seen... I, I think now, as far as personnel, this three at the back system has probably the best Aberdeen team on the pitch. Mm-hmm. I think changing that would be compromising the team um, in, to an extent. Uh, well, actually to a significant extent. So you always see it. We saw it with the, the, the pitch map from the players... Last week, McCrory and Hayes or Colson were very high. We have possession. We're going to pin their fullbacks, especially Dre Wright, mm-hmm. uh, naturally, anyway. And the other good thing is that you'll have Duke and Mjolnowski up front occupying their centre-backs. And with the best will in the world, there is a Bankery-based loon in that team who is very, very handsy. And with the movement of Duke and Mjolnowski, you're talking either penalty, yellow card, or probably not going to be able to keep up with them. So have as much attacking threat as we can have. Graham, any thoughts on that? Do you think we'll stick with the back three? That's what you want to see? I think we'll stick with it. I take your point around maybe trying to pin them up. I kind of feel like I'm inclined to agree with Gavin. The way we've been playing, we've got more intensity and aggression around us. And I think that will naturally pin pin them back because I think we will... I don't think we'll just turn up and sort of try and sit in and see what happens. I think we will look to take the game to them because Robson must know we've sort of worked our way into position through a combination of our results getting better and hearts is probably stagnating and or getting worse. So there's now something tangible to go for and I don't really think a point helps us to be peripheral. We don't know what hearts are going to do, but I don't think we need to be going down. He'll be going down there thinking a point to good result. I think he'll be looking at this thinking, I need to go and get something let's be fair as well duke tends to even when he's playing up front in a two he tends to drift out wide as well he does yeah so absolutely. that's also going to be something they're going to have very much uh central in their in their thinking as far as nullifying our attack so i think there's plenty of play of presence within the Aberdeen attack to keep st johnston at bay duke tends to play off the left hand side for us he does he can he he will drift to the right yeah. as well but generally speaking he is to the left side yeah would you be tempted if you're Barry Robson to try and get him to match up against Considine for big chunks of the game on Saturday? So Considine plays in the... Predominantly on the left. Is he in the left of the back yeah, three? Predominantly on um, the back three. You know what? But, well, you've got that, and then you've got McCrory as well, who's always up and down that line. Yeah. Um, I would be... Yeah, I'd be focusing my efforts on Andy. Yeah, and who, who has done well at St. Johnson, it's fair to say, this season. You know, and we'll speak to the, the, the Dogger Saints point a little bit. I mean, apart from that, 
um, game against Celtic where Andy did um, what Andy does against Celtic, um, i.e. have a fucking shocker. Um, he's been pretty solid there for them this season. So um, it's still a bit weird seeing him in a blue shirt, obviously, but there we are. But I, I, you have to be cynical on these things, don't you? And I do think that that's somewhere where you try and get a guy like Duke up against him. He's just the kind of player I don't think Colin would like playing against. I don't think so. That as well. And, I mean, Montgomery's been playing left back, yeah. left wing back quite a bit recently. I think we saw in his time at Aberdeen, defensively, I think we'll call him suspect. So, yeah, there's a double double jeopardy there if you're a St. Johnston fan. In terms of the players to look out for on the opposition side, I mean, like I said earlier on, May's obviously got, May and Wright have got the six goals apiece this season. Um, although May's kind of gone off the boil a little bit recently as well. Um, doesn't sound like Stevie May. Doesn't at all, does it? <laughs> is there anyone else in that lineup that you're kind of looking at at the moment from a St. John's perspective that you're kind of worried about, or you just think this is a game again where we touched on earlier on, they've got the joint worst home record in the league this season. Um, it's a game where you've kind of got to go and get on the front foot earlier as the wayside, I think, and put pressure on them, isn't that? Yeah. Yeah. Murray Davidson always worries me because you never know who's going to hospitalize. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, like, not, I think he's injured, they're... to be fair. Oh. Good. They're generally, I don't know, I feel like they're a team of just sort of solid players. I can't think of anyone in that team that really stands out to the point where you'd be like, well, maybe we should be looking to do a deal there. Mm. I mean, they're all just pretty decent, but I can't think of, I don't mean like they the can't cause you problems, but I can't think of anyone that'd be thinking we really need to pay attention to him or to the point where change your shape and or set up yeah. to nullify someone um i mean when he signed in the summer i thought graham carey might have been a, a better player first and just these turned out to be i mean you look at the last uh two final final full-time uh st johnston tweets and they're just filled with fans saying get rid of carey now um if they play Wallerspoon, you know he's obviously got some good technique and can hit a, a very decent free kick and nicky clark would have been one um i don't think much of him really, but he's a pretty handy player as far as he's he's workmanlike and he does tend to score against us from recollection. So, uh, but he's obviously out injured. Yeah, out for the season now. It turns out. Yeah, like I said before, um, the the script is written for you know any one of their ex Aberdeen players to come up and do the dirty on us. But um, yeah, like Graham, they're they're just a pretty workmanlike team. There's not an yeah, there's not an individual. There's not they don't obviously have like a Duke who's gonna yeah. Create something out of nothing. They feel very, they just feel very meh, don't they? Like when you look at their squad as well, it's a lot of it, there's a lot of experience and there's a lot yeah. of like solid hands, but there's nothing overly exciting in that lineup that, you know, jumps out at you and you go, okay, I can see a real threat there. We all know what Stevie May is going to bring to the table. Um, you know, we need to be on our toes at the back in terms of, because he will harry, he'll, he'll chase down defenders and everything. But I think in terms of, I'd like to think that between Pollock, Scales, and McDonald, they've got enough about them to deal with that. Theo Bear's a big lad, but I think Pollock will more than deal with anything there. And Zach Crudden is kind of, you know, Zach Crudden, he's a bit of a, I want to say a jobber, like mid, just mid striker, just jobs between the first division and the premiership. Yeah, there's loads of them in the division that just yeah. hover around, don't they? I know what you mean. He doesn't really. It's not offensive, but I don't do anything to justify how he gets his next gig every year. Yeah, he he is a case of unremarkable championship striker. Yeah. Makes the jump to the top flight and does as probably predicted. There we go. Then it's it, it feels to me 
much that this is a game Aberdeen should be coming in the, with loads of confidence after the last um, few results we've had. Especially, I think I think I do feel the win at Tanadice was huge on so many different levels. Um, but just to give the squad, give the team that level of confidence that they can go away from Mythology and win, backing that up with the win against Hearts was important. Going to be another big away support at McDermott Park on Saturday. Um, gents, just your, your predictions, I guess, your final thoughts on what we can hopefully expect to see on Saturday. Well, I mean, disclaimer, I'll be there. So that usually puts the old uh, the old curse on any likely Aberdeen victories. Um, jokes aside, I, I'm actually pretty, pretty damn confident about this game. So I said 3-0 against Hearts. That came true. Stick in a form. It's going to be 3-0 to Aberdeen. Oh, another clean sheet as well. Oh. It's oh. going to be another clean sheet. On that, actually, one thing I haven't picked up on. Who's in goals for you on Saturday? Jay Horter is fit, saved a penalty for the Dutch under 21s. So he save. can save penalties. It's a good save after Gav and I have been like, I don't think he's good at penalties. Do you go Horter or Roos? I feel like that's the only decision to be made. I would expect if like if Horter had played against Hearts, I would have expected Horter to retain his position. But since Roos came back in, he is, you know, the uh, the goalkeeper we signed in the summer to be the number one. I expect Kel Roos will start. Whether that's the right thing or not, I'm not sure. Graham? I'm not so... Roos played against Hearts, but Harder, was he injured? He wasn't in the squad, was he? He was Lewis ill. On, he was ill. Uh, so Lewis was on the bench, so yeah. the fact that Roos came in and played doesn't really give you any directions to where Robson's headed, is it? Because no. he's obviously just decided it's not going to be Lewis. Yeah. Um, I I think Harder will come back in. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I get, I'm not... I mean, I haven't seen a great deal of him to decide if he's really better or worse. They both seem decent enough, so I don't think it's a huge deal-breaker which one plays, but probably on balance, maybe because I've not seen enough of Horter, he hasn't annoyed me as much. Okay. So for that reason, I'd probably put <laughs> him in. I mean, to be fair, both of them seem like they're, you know, they've got good and bad points, uh, and they're by no means total bomb scares, so I don't think I'm too upset, regardless of who plays yeah. in the sticks. Speaking of which, we'll come back to you, Graham, for the prediction, but... um. During the week, Jay Horter had an interview in Dutch media just talking about his future, um, which was quite interesting because he was basically saying that Ajax were only going to let him go on loan if he signed a, a, a year's extension to his deal, which means he's got, I think, five years or six years left in his deal at the end of the season. Five years, I think it is. But he seems genuinely very frustrated about how things have worked out from Ajax after moving there. He is an Ajax fan, etc. He talked about that quite a bit in the interview. But it seemed like he was very open to the idea about a move away from Ajax to get time and get minutes and play and he seemed to be kind of talking very highly about Aberdeen as well if there was an opportunity for Aberdeen to bring Jay Horta in permanently in the summer now I suspect that it'll be way out of our league from a budget perspective given how many years he's got left on his deal he is the Dutch under 21 or he is a Dutch under 21 goalkeeper if it could happen though would you take him I mean just referring to that interview again the, the most kind of almost puzzling aspect of it was that he said that he's not had any communication from Ajax mm. since he left to come on loan with uh, Aberdeen to expect almost like weekly at the minimum dialogue going on to see how things are going and surprised Edwin van der Sar is not on the blower to tap up see how Craig Sampson is a coach <laughs> it's a pretty shabby way to treat someone it's not great from a team no. a, a club like um, Ajax especially you um, wouldn't expect that especially they have a whole squad of it's not like he's, he's gone on loan from a smaller club who maybe don't have a huge staff. Yeah. I imagine Ajax must have a whole squad of people looking after the likes of loan players, so it's pretty shabby treatment. Yeah, it's not great. Um, 
the the thing is like I like him, but as I've mentioned before, I have absolutely no idea if he's any good or not. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. We've never really had to call upon him uh, to do to do much. I mean, he's made some big saves here and there. I'm thinking again, Fletcher at Tanadice. Um against Celtic. He didn't really have a chance with any of the goals. No. So I can't say there's something that's made me think he's bad, and I can't say there's anything that's made me think he's particularly good. So um, on the sample size I've seen, and as you say, based on the likely fee we'd be talking, I'd think of seven figures at absolute minimum. I think it would have to be a club records fee to, to get him. For, you know, I could see a, a guy coming from Ajax, one thing, like this contract, Dutch International. I haven't seen enough that would make me commit to the the cost that would be involved in bringing him in. Yes, I wouldn't purely because of that reason. If you If you were finding that kind of money for a keeper when you've got half of your squad on loan and returning... And you're going to lose more, more than likely going to lose one of Duke and Ramajowski. It's easy to pick up a goalkeeper. You've got Roos who will do a job because he's still going to be there and get someone else in. I mean, yeah, if we were having to spend that kind of money and they'd elected to do that in a goalkeeper, I think that would be pretty stupid. Not a reflection on his ability, just what he would potentially, what I assume he would cost with the amount of money I imagine we'll have to play with. I think it'd be a pretty crazy purchase. If when he goes back in the summer and they're just like, oh yeah, hey Jay, who's um, <laughs> <It's> this guy? <laughs> do you want to go back out and loan Aberdeen again? Would be Fine. happy with that. But um, the a permanent transfer for the kind of cost we're talking about, yeah, not worth it. All right, no problem. I mean, you boys are saying this now. Wait until Gary Woods is our backup goalkeeper again next season, and then it'll be you know. I believe Gary Woods is what they call unemployable right now. <laughs> anyway, um, Graham, sorry, prediction for Saturday. Clash of Titans, high scoring. 2 0 Aberdeen. Yes. Goals galore at McDermott Park. Um, Gav's gone for three. You're going for two. I'm going to say St. Johnston 0, Aberdeen 5. It's going to be ridiculous. The reason I'm suggesting this is because my wee boy's coming in his first ever away game on Saturday, and his record so far for the Dons is pretty good. So it's either going to be one of these where it's like that that run continues. He's a 5 0 and a 4 1 so far. or this would be the game that just makes him decide he hates football and never wants to go back ever again. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going to be in the family stand for this one. So he's not going to maybe learn as many swearies from the surrounding Aberdeen support, but... He'll learn enough swearies from you and I, Emma. We'll be in proximity to Barry Robson as Steve Agnew, so... Yeah, absolutely. There we go. Right, will that do us? Yes. Yeah. Excellent. There we go. Join us after the break. We'll bring the Saints perspective with Danny and Sam from the Dog Saints podcast. And it is a welcome return for Jeff's Music Corner. This episode of the ABZ Football Podcast is brought to you by Siberia Bar and Hotel on Belmont Street, Aberdeen. And with May Day fast approaching, join the gang for the biggest day in Siberia's yearly calendar on Sunday the 30th of April from midday. Featuring music from Home Alone, All Night Passion and much, much Welcome back to the ABZ Football Podcast. And before we move on to Jeff's Music Corner and to the Saints preview from the Dogger Saints lads, just a quick shout out to those of you who've continued to make your contributions to the ABZ FP Beer and Coffee Fund this week. We see you. Your bread is appreciated. If you'd like to help keep us fueled in beers 
or coffee, head on over to ko-fi.com forward slash ABZ football podcast. The link is in the description. Shout out to beer or a coffee. It's much appreciated. What's Gav holding there? I've got a Williams Brothers Rubus Grapefruit IPA and mm. it's delicious, but I do now realize it looks pretty staunch. It does look very staunch, very orange. Graham is just worth it. Does it play a certain tune when you crack it open? Which, which one? <laughs> oh, Mrs. Miofsky's favorite song. <laughs> now, we've not spoken about this for a little while, but um, we're going to bring it back now because we're getting quite close to the 11th of May. Um, as some of you might remember, we were uh, ramping up our fundraising activities. Um, the three of us had committed to running, cycling, crawling, walking, the 2,261 kilometers that represents the distance between the Granite City and Gothenburg by the 11th of May 2023 to mark the 40th anniversary of the club's win over Real Madrid. If you would like to make a donation to the fund that will see all proceeds split 50-50 between Aber Necessities and the AFC Heritage Trust, please head on over to justgiving.com forward slash crowdfunding forward slash ABZ football podcast the link is in the description as well um we haven't updated this for a while and i've not updated my sheet for a little while but i'm okay because i know i'm i'm in i'm in not bad shape here so let's have a look see how everyone's doing so graham you and i we're doing all right here mate we're on the we're on the closing straight we're doing all right yeah this is uh this is under control yeah i've got 164 and a half kilometers left to go so i suspect that means i must be in sweden by now um graham's got 184 to go let's just scroll up 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 to see where gav's at <laughs> gav's got 455 kilometers to go that's not bad be all right i'm, I'm not sure i've left mainland europe yet left mainland europe arrived well, in mainland europe you mean? well well the route that you had us in was going to holland and then germany or denmark and then we get a ferry to sweden was it? I can't remember. Anyway, yes. uh, so I'm either, I'm either on mainland Europe or I'm in the North Sea. So, second side, your geography, uh, you've still got some work to do. Let's say that. But I will point out that there are some sizable contributions to my uh, my chart in recent times. So uh, they haven't updated yet. I am. What? No, no. Oh, it's, oh, no, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's all, all there, but you can see there's like there's like a twenty eight point eight five and a twenty five point four here. I'm putting in the work. I'm. Uh, this is going to happen. I, yeah, you're going to make it. You guys are just like you guys are not like adding any drama to this. No, yeah. we're just getting it done. Yeah, you, that's you're, right. You're talking squash matches. I'm like talking like hang my Adam Page's journey <laughs> to redemption. <laughs> there we go. Anyway, if you'd like to contribute to the donations, please, like I said, head on over justgiving.com forward slash crowdfunding forward slash ABZ Football Podcast. It's going to go to two really really worthy um, charities. Aber Necessities, who do a lot of great work in the local area with uh, underprivileged children. And then the AFC Heritage Trust, who I can't thank them enough for the work that they do in terms of what they help um, from the podcast perspective. Just the amount of data and information there is about our club on that is is unbelievable. So, um, yeah, it's, it's two very worthwhile charities to give to. Graham, sorry, wait to say something. No, I'm just... So Gavin's town is Evans, fine, but he's got to average 9.9 kilometres a day starting you know from what? tomorrow. You know what? Then I've brought that down. <laughs> the average was higher than that, so it's the number is dropping. I had a honking winter. I, I don't know what to say otherwise, but yeah, yeah, no yeah. excuses. But uh, like I say, it's gonna happen. I'm just gonna watch Gavin charging around the pitch at fives like on Thursday. Not actually like you know, just just doing laps. Oh, I mean you know, <laughs> in a separate say, pitch. Yeah, just so he doesn't get held up with the ball. People say that Graham Shinney is, looks like a man possessed when he's on a football pitch. Just wait until you see me at the next time at fives. 
Absolutely. Anyway, let's go. Now, before we move on to our chat with the doggers, a quick return for Jeff's Music Corner. Yes, please. Why the hell not? Okay, Gav, you picked it this week. What is it? Here comes the hot stepper. It is by any Kamose. Gav, what made you think about this one? This 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 was straight out the straight out. No question, no, like no no delay on the the text response. Straight in. Um, this came about through googling one hit wonders from the nineties. Okay, there we go. Well, there we go. I thought there was gonna be a much more interesting story and than this that. Song, I was quite intrigued up. about your process, but yeah, it's a search engine. That's not quite what I imagined. But there is also, um, I mean, there is an individual on YouTube called Pat Finnerty who is like the greatest YouTube creator in history, especially if you're a music uh, person. I would highly recommend checking out his videos. Um, what makes this band? Sorry, what makes this song stink? And this is, I think, probably his like pied de resistance, his masterpiece. This video. Yeah. Uh, mm, is it? The, this is the August is falling. Is good. This that is great. But I do enjoy it. the the video is him talking about um Hey Soul Sister by Train. Yeah. And this song Hot Stepper uh, is mentioned in it and. They do him and the band whose name is now escaping me. Dr. Dog. Dr. Dog. You can see on YouTube them playing an incredible version of this. Yeah. Um, it's it's just it's a jam. Yeah, it's an absolute jam. jam. Graham, your thoughts? No, oh, it's a decent tune. It's um, a decent tune. I'm quite yeah. content with this choice. All right, there we go. So released in the UK, 7th of January, 1995, peaked at number four in the UK charts. The lead single from Any Kimose's album of the same name. BuzzFeed listed it number 46 in their list of the 101 greatest dance songs of the 90s. And Billboard ranked it number 126 out of their greatest songs in the 90s. Featured, of course, in the second episode of season 12 of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Best covered by, and Gav's just touched on it, by Dr. Dog alongside Pat Finnerty in the Hey Soul Sister episode of What Makes This Song Stink on YouTube. Seriously, go check it out. It's unbelievable stuff. So what were Aberdeen doing in early January 1995, boys? Early January 1995, I mean, um, we would be um, planning out the route to the Coca-Cola Cup final. No, that was already happened in November 95. Oh, he's fucked it. Uh, November 95, but we, that's the next season. It's yeah, but season, he, had to, he, had lay, he had to lay the groundwork, you know? Well, we, we were laying the groundwork for that right there <laughs> because we were having an absolute fucking stinker of a season that would see... <laughs> Willie Miller lose his job a week, a couple of weeks later after this. Um, during the week of the release, the Dons with a nil-nil draw at home to Falkirk. Yeah, Willie Miller um, lost his job. We brought in Roy Aitken to get this back on track. Yeah, pull the pull the wheels up on this one. Um, so here we go. How are we going to tie? Here comes the hot stepper all the way back to Aberdeen FC. So actually, this was actually quite an easy one. On I, I got I got it three ways. Um, that sounded a lot. Worse than I met it to, but never mind. Some weekend, that's why you're doing the podcast standing up this week. <laughs> <laughs> so, any thoughts, boys? Well, I, I mean... Other you, than the ones you could see written down in front of you? Uh, no, but that was the first one that leapt into my head. And I thought, well, that's a bit... Well, maybe not quite exclusive to the pair of us, maybe before Gavin's time. I think no, it's no, it, was, it, was, it was still on the go. Still on the go, okay. So there we go. The first way to do it, a little bit tenuous, but the song title, of course... Utilised by Michael Rocomio of the West Hill Academy Drama Department to name the regular school. I called it a disco night, but I feel like that's wrong. How else would you um, describe it? I couldn't it think was of a disco, wasn't it? A dance? Yeah. If you Club wanna... night? <laughs> At the <laughs> yeah, Ashfield yeah. Hall. 
of course, the hot stepper, a rite of passage for any youngster coming through the Aberdeenshire school ranks. And if you were an alumni of the famous West Academy, then you can't have not have been to a hot stepper. Or if you went to like neighbouring secondary schools and just like fancied like hitchhiking into it. Yeah, true. I think they, they they did turn it a thing, didn't they? Like for the surrounding areas, I think for a while, including like Skeen in places like that. Yeah. Um, even though we had like border patrol around the West Hill area, like trying to keep them out, they always they always managed to infiltrate. Some of those nights, you know, up in the golf course, all those good things. Um, so that gives you quite an easy route back to Aberdeen via ourselves, obviously. Um, you've got another route. Prince Nazim Hamid used this famously as his walk on music. Hamid is a big Sheffield Wednesday fan. And who did Aberdeen sign Mark Reynolds from? That's right, Sheffield Wednesday. So the danger man brings us back in there with Here Comes the Hot Stepper. And on a much more generic version, Ine Kamose is a Jamaican national. The Dons, of course, having had a couple of Jamaican internationals in our time. Gents, who were they? One Greg Lee, Lee and one Michael Hector. So there we go. That was easy. That was easy, that one this, this time, boys. Yeah, absolute jam. Uh, I'll gladly add that to the Jess Music Corner playlist. We'll get that updated. So there we go. So shall we now move on to wrap up the preview for Saturday, which means we have to catch up and check in with Danny and Sam from the Dogger Saints podcast to get the Saints view on all things cinch and what to expect on Saturday. Let's see what's going on when you're a poor suffering bastard who supports St. Johnston. Danny, Sam, Dogger Saints, welcome back to the ABZFP boys. How's it going? It's going well, mate, yeah. Um, I thought Sam was coming in there, so I his mouth open, and then he sort of held back. I think that's probably a good idea that he holds back, given the bother he got in last time we came on this podcast. You say bother. It was a bit, I was, yeah, we ended up annoying a, a Scottish porn star, which is a very difficult thing to do for you in an Aberdeen and a St. Johnson podcast. I think I don't think it's ever been repeated or done again. No, I, I don't think it ever will be. <laughs> we'll try our best. Gents, how's things? It's been a while, because the last time we spoke was it was in the run-in wasn't it to the back end of last season it was it's been a it's been a little while and we haven't really got much better <laughs> neither of you guys to be fair so it's all swings and roundabouts looking forward to the clash of the titans the andy considine stevie may derby on saturday it's it's going to be a belter isn't it i've just realized we're going to be missing Connor mcclellan which is going to make absolutely fuck all difference which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> on account of the adam montgomery rule of course um yeah. <laughs> How's he doing? How's Connor doing for you boys? Obviously not that great based on that. Dan? I shite. <laughs> um, I, he's not He's not very good at football. No, that's the problem. He is quite good at football, but he doesn't quite know how to utilise that ability to play football into being sort of good in a football match. I tell you and what, he is good at though. I'm sorry, Dan, Karen. No, I was going to say, he's very good at being handsome. He's a handsome he's chap. Handsome. Salon quality locks on him. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's scary. To, he's, he's had over 100 appearances for Aberdeen, Conor McLennan, which is terrifying. He's one of those guys that I always look at and I always think, he's kind of got a lot of the kind of raw materials there, but you just can never quite put it all together. Yeah. And, and then he often, it's almost like sometimes with, with Conor, I think that his his brain is, is, is sorry, his, his feet are running at a completely different speed from his brain. So like he'll do stuff like on the ball and you're like, oh, that was actually quite good. And then he'll suddenly realize like, oh, what the fuck am I doing? And he just like, it's almost like he just, like, as a computer just crashes and just doesn't know what to do after that. Just starts buffering in his head. He's just got the wee circle going doing the, doing yeah, the loop. Circle like, of doom. Them, yeah. It's good to see he's improved then. Um, but we had it. The thing about McLennan is that sort of set alarm bells ringing with me in the first place 
is the fact that when he first turned up and he's come on long because obviously he wasn't really playing or getting much game time at Aberdeen and then he wasn't really getting any game time for us he was getting like sort of half an hour 20 minutes here and there at most and he was in our local paper he was in the Courier and he's like saying oh yeah yeah it's great I've been dead happy with this situation it's like yeah you probably shouldn't be all that happy with it but I say he's very handsome and I got a, I got a close-up look at his um his flowing sort of curtains because he was part next to me at Morrison's the other day. So <laughs> good for him. Well, well done, Connor. Oh, there it is. I'm on gallery view. I can see his both now. This is what a change of pace. This is excellent. Well, but, um Andrew Cornsey, on the other hand, has been other than the Celtic game where he had an absolute holocaust. Oh. Wait, um, he had that he had an Andy Constantine versus Celtic, is what he had. That's that a standard Andy Constantine a Celtic performance right there. <laughs> He's been pretty much a mainstay in the steadiest ship at the back we've had in our and a good old long time. He kind of runs the show back there now. Um talks Alec Mitchell, who's a, a youngster through the game. And well to speaking of Alex Mitchell, we actually there was a the club had a QA session with him and we started asking on Twitter most ridiculous questions. Danny, I think you asked what was the question you asked uh, Alex Mitchell? The question is would you rather fight ten duck sized horses or one horse sized duck? And it broke his brain. There is actually, I'll be honest with you, there is a deep sort of psychological question there. And I think that was the root of it. That's how the question sort of came about, came into sort of existence, is that would you rather face a load of little problems or one big problem? But I mainly asked it because I really like the idea of a really big duck. He reckoned he would take the 10 little ones, eh? the 10 little horses, and just kick them. That's what you reckon. He'd probably head them. <laughs> yeah, he'd. He'd hit his own granny, the guy. Yeah, but I think that's the point with Constantine. He's been really good for Big Mitch because he's, um, obviously, he's a youngster. He's up from Millwall. And again, he's got a lot of the raw materials to make a really, really good defender. He's also had to deal with Liam Gordon, who has generally forgotten how to play football all season. He's club captain. We can edit this out when we put it on our podcast. We can edit that bit out when we put it on our podcast song because this goes around the dressing room. But... Yeah, he's um, yeah, he's he's had a lot of uh, Kilmarnock last week. I know he did the impression of the wacky waving arm inflatable tube man, um, and got away with it. But <laughs> actually, generally, he was given Mitchell and Gordon both. Of, neither of them were particularly great that day. He yeah, he must have had some sore. He's for me to say sore shoulders after the game because he was carrying them for ninety minutes. I must admit, I'm I'm kind of. I'm pleasantly surprised for Andy that he's actually done as well as he has done for you guys this season. Because I was I was concerned that he just was going to really struggle this season. Um, really, really bad injury, obviously, in Europe last season with us. I can see why Aberdeen only wanted to give a one-year deal. It kind of made sense on, on paper for Aberdeen to only want to do it. I was kind of surprised that anyone in the top flight gave him a two-year deal. Um, but I must admit, I've been pleased to see he's been playing most weeks and doesn't seem to have had any real major um setbacks off the back of that injury it's gonna be i was just actually looking at your um your your fixtures towards the the split because you touched on that a minute ago like obviously when we spoke last time it's back into last season you boys were staying in the battle at that point of possibly automatic relegation um although we all knew i think deep down that dundee were horse shit and we're gonna save you anyway Don't and then I. there was the whole concern about you know are you gonna have to be the ones to like keep our growth out and that didn't happen so it was all right got through the playoff game in some style I mean, sitting in eighth spot at the moment, I mean, it, this is the weird thing. Like, on paper, 
for St. Johnson this season. It seems like a massive improvement compared to last. But every time I dip into a bit of Saints Twitter, which is generally you boys. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dark place. Yeah, it doesn't seem as though many of the uh, Saints fans are particularly happy with the way the campaign's gone so far. I think I, we we talked about it on the podcast a couple of times, uh, touched on Callum. I, I probably splits the fan base right down the middle. Actually, probably more so in favour of getting rid of him which isn't going to happen. So I don't know why people are wasting their time worrying about it because he didn't get sacked when he finished 11th. He should have fucked not going to get sacked when we're 8th in the table. Um, the football is eye-bleedingly bad to watch at times, but they're not going to sack him. Let's move on and just get on with things, basically. That's kind of what my opinion is on it. It's, it's generally a shared opinion, to be honest with you. Um, although I think what I would say with Sam there when he said football's bad, uh, I bleed in bad at times. These times start at um, one minute past midnight on a certain day, last for 24 hours, and then continue on a daily cycle for now and forever. <laughs> um, it's weird crap to watch. This is it. This is why I love coming on a podcast because it's cathartic. And I can <laughs> just say, <laughs> we are, we're not a great team to watch. Um, and it's a shame because we have got some good players. Some of them, I think just a point you made there, it was Andy, you know, I'm surprised any club gave Andy Considine a two-year deal. If any club in the top flight is going to give someone who's old, old as fuck <laughs> and really slow uh, a two-year deal, it's going to be Saints. Um, but we have got some good players. And I think there is a thing with Davidson that, and again, I'm very much on the lines of Sam there that he's not going. So you've probably got to try and sort of focus on the hope that he starts changing the areas where he's weak. Um, and we were, I've said this story a million times, so anyone listening to our podcast will be sick fed up of it and Sam will be sick fed up of it as well. We were at a day up at McDermott at the end of last season because um, we sponsored Elliot Parrish's shirt because funny. Um, and it's <laughs> good a reason, um, yeah. He's <laughs> a, a, a white shirt as well. We, we had to be up stiffly in the skin, but um, anyway, so Callum's there, and obviously, this was just before this was like the Tuesday night, and the Inverness, the first leg of the Inverness playoff was the Friday night, so a couple of days before, we come off the back of an absolute shafting at Hibs. In fact, no, it was a Monday night because the shafting at Hibs was on the Sunday, so it was because we were sat with. Elliot and um, and with David, obviously um, Spoonie, and obviously he was injured. But yeah, it was it was like grim. But um, Davidson stands up, and he was brilliant. And he's going, oh, I want to give, you know, we're going to be looking at different formations. We're going to be looking at. I want to get young players in. He said this season's just been a, you know, we had to try and get through it. But he said I want to get, I want to blood the young players, and that's basically extended to. In the young players' from it basically extended to chucking Max in against Celtic for abs right out of left field and then not sending him on loan until February. And then in the formation front, he played back four for a grand total of 135 minutes. So, so and I'm not, he says, I'm not he says one sense. thing and does the other, doesn't he? Yeah. And he's, but I think he means to do one thing. I think like he means to. He means well, and he'd love to play young players and like Tommy Wright was doing towards him, get the average age of the side down to like 23, 24. I think he'd love to play a 4-3-3 three, three 
but he just bottles it. About managers. Yes. Um, when we talked yeah. last time, was it Stephen Glass or McKinnis still in charge? I can't remember who it was, but you wanted uh, rid of it. It was Goodwin. I think Goodwin Glass had just gone. Yeah, Glass would have gone. It was Goodwin, yeah. yeah. We, we spoke before that horrendous, was it 1-0 game? The, the back, <laughs> I mean, every game against Aberdeen's 1-0. I went back and actually looked at the, the last set of fixtures between us and McDermott in particular. Um, there's been no more than one goal scored in any of these fixtures since November 2019. Oh, what a classic way awaits us this weekend. Oh, then. absolutely. It's fucking horrendous. Yeah, no, Goodwin would have been in charge by the time that when we spoke last, yeah. But if I remember the chat, you wanted him away. Uh, you didn't want him there. He wasn't the man for the job. It must yeah. have been Glass because you wouldn't have been trying to get rid of Goodwin that soon. No, it was, we it was Goodwin. And I think we were like... We were retrospectively looking at Glass. Yeah. We did talk about Glass because I actually listened back ah, to this sure. earlier. And the funny thing you said about that game being horrendous was <laughs> all five of us made a prediction and four of us went nil-nil and I think it was yourself who went one nil Aberdeen. So we didn't have high hopes going into that. No, absolutely not. But we were right about Jim Goodwin as it turns out. <laughs> yeah. Do you regret getting rid of Derek McInnes? No. 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 Nah. No. Just because everything afterwards has been a disaster doesn't mean it wasn't the right thing to do. Mm. And that this is this is classic, like, oh, careful what you wish for, chat that you get with, like, yeah. especially, like, BBC Sports Sound and all this kind of shit, like, you know. But yeah. McInnes' time was done. The fact that uh, Dave Cormack decided to employ his best pal um, first up and then rush into appointing Jim Goodwin, because presumably Jim Goodwin talked well in an interview, um, doesn't mean it wasn't the right thing to do to get rid of, uh, of McInnes. But uh, McInnes' time was, was up at Aberdeen. People kind of tend to forget McInnes' last season at Aberdeen was absolutely fucking horrendous. I mean, we, we didn't score a goal. We, we went up with a run of about seven games where we didn't score a goal. Was that, the, was that when you had Callum was on? Callum Henry yes. was at long. <laughs> yeah. And he was like your top scorer from the term of the year and he got two. That sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that, oh no, you actually scored your only two goals in that time. In about, a, I think you were right, seven or eight game period. Yeah, it was great. We sold Sam Cosgrove for actual cash money in the biggest transfer heist of the 21st century. And um, then we panicked. We had no strikers lined up to to take in. So we we took in Callum Hendry on loan, uh, Flo Flo Camberry on loan from some mob in Switzerland, and then um, Fraser Hornby, who was the, the great big hope of Scottish football, who turns out is absolute dog shit. So that was a that was a brilliant last six months of the season. That one it was great. Do, do you want to know an interesting fact about Flo Camberry? I'd say interesting. <laughs> is, fact. is there any? Is there any? No, no. Well, no. It's not actually. Um, so when he was at Hibs, and I'd sort of missed him signing. I'd say interesting fact. This is more just me being thick as pig shit. Um, it was. So I'd missed him signing him and stuff like that. I'd not paid any attention to anything like that. I'd never heard of him before. So I just kept hearing his name on um, on sports scene. And obviously the commentators just say the surnames. I thought his name was Cam Berry, as in Cameron Berry. <laughs> and he was Cam like Berry, some Scottish yeah. lad who'd come through the system. I'd never actually looked it up. And um, I, I always found it a bit strange that they were giving him the first name treatment. But whether they had another Berry on the books... Um, Chuck, Raz, I don't know. But there we go. That's, that's, where, that's where we are. God, he was shit, though. 
Oh, uh, well, try watching him play for your team for six months. <laughs> Fucking horrendous. Um, we probably will at some point. Where did, where did they get to sign Nadia Chichi? True, wait that is true. Wait at least 36, 37 year old, then we'll get him on a two year deal. <laughs> that, he must have some agent, though, because I saw he rocked up at Huddersfield Town earlier this season. Um, and it was one of those just like, how? What? He's not scored a goal, and I don't know how long. Anyway, never mind. Um, what's interesting with you guys is what you guys have got almost like the inverse of Aberdeen this season because at home you guys are honking, but away from home you've got the third best, the, th- the third best record in the league. What's what is it about McDermott that's like stopping you actually winning games at home? Do you want me to take this one, Dan? Yeah, you take this. The, well, one, the formation he sets up to defensively, which he did bizarrely enough at Petaudry when we lost two 0 and one of Goodwin's uh, you can not last win. His, his last, last win. win. Yeah. Is that what it was? Jeez, yeah. Um, But we set up that match not to lose like that's what we do at home. So there's no plan B. If we go a goal down, we're kind of scrambling and we're, we're fucked, basically. And But away, we seem to be a bit more free-flowing and they're given a bit more freedom in loose terms <laughs> to kind of have a go. But it's, as I've said with Callum, that's one of his biggest kind of grudges with the fan base is he, do- he doesn't change the formation. He's been rigid with this 3-5-2 for way too long doesn't work uh, the formation selection has been terrible but yeah our away record is fine except that Pittori one basically for the way he set up because it's mm-hmm. straight from the get-go you could see he was setting up not to lose and when we lost the first goal the second was always pretty inevitable which was I thought was a really weird way for you guys to set up because we were in a bad place at that point as well yep. like we were if a team kept Pittori and scored chances were that team were going to take three points so I was really surprised you guys were so defensive that afternoon we don't um, some teams like when Livy came to McDermott and were 3-0 up in about 45 seconds, right, they saw we were on a bad run. Because they're not that great themselves, but they saw we were on a bad run. They saw where our frailties were and they just absolutely targeted them for the first half hour. And that was that. That was a game done. Whereas if Saints are on the ball, and we have actually got the place to do this, we could have gone up to Todry and really gone at you. But as it, were, as it went, as you say, Sam, went there, Played for the draw, stuck Mazel up top on his own, which he's sort of having to do at the minute anyway, because Nicky Clark's injured, but Clark was sat on the bench that day. Yeah. And Mazel up top on his own is always like the sort of, unless you can avoid it, which we sort of can't at the minute, because the other options are Theo and Rudden, who's not quite up to speed yet, although he's done pretty well off the bench. Um, but unless you, if you, unless it's unavoidable, Seeing Maisel up top on his own is like, there we go, lads. Have at it. We're not really going to be, we're not really going for this. We're just going to stick a headless chicken up there. Pine a coffee for a fiver, worth the trip. But that worth is the good, trip yeah. every day of the week. Uh, yeah, I, I, the, the classic meal deal. Um, think, the, the other week I was in at Pataudry and they offered me a meal deal because they were just like, that's cheaper than what you're actually trying to order just now. I, was like, I don't even want this. <laughs> like, yeah, but that's cheaper than what you're trying to have. Like, <laughs> I tell you what's good. Rugby Park's fare is pretty decent. And not, not just like the Killy Pie. They've actually got like Pringles kind of things at the... At my young youngest loves a Pringle, so he was over the moon. Sorry. Absolutely delighted. Yeah, little mini tubes of Pringles. Uh, and little Empire Biscuits with the Saints badge on them for away fans. Nice touch. Ooh, that is a nice touch. Well done, Kilmarnock. Let's be honest, <laughs> yeah. the Killy Pie is overrated, right? It's not as good as they say. I took three just to make sure that that was the case. Um, they're okay. I think the St. Johnson's Steak and Gravy Pie is... Is up there with one of the finest, but the steak and chorizo, the steak and chorizo oh. McDermott is chef's kiss, beautiful stuff. Um, yeah. I'll tell you what, I had yesterday, though, speaking of pies, 
right? So this is it. We're talking about the fairness of Aberdeen's meal deal, right? I was at Hamden yesterday. Oh. And, oh, <laughs> I've, had to, I've had to remortgage the flat this morning. Um, but what I did have, and it cost me a fiver, but I was hungry and out on the piss. So I needed to have something. I had the kebab pie, and it was quality. I can't, it, it, it's dirty, right? It is dirty. But big, nice, fit cuts of Donna. Chilli sauce in there. Magnificent. Well, while we're on uh, the, the very brief topic of uh, match day food, me and Dan were at the St. Johnson women's match today against Kelly women. And they'd run out of staff and there was no kiosk open. So I afforded Uber Eats and got a McDonald's delivered to the ground. I saw this. That's a classic move. I like that. I enjoyed that very much at the time. Um, at Hamden yesterday, Dan, just of interest, had they planned for the fact there was going to be like a capacity crowd there? Because when we, when we were there for the no. League Cup semi we'd got in and it felt like they were basically cooking pies to order. They, gen- <laughs> they genuinely seemed astonished that there were people in the stadium. It was amazing. Well, I was I was in the East Stand where I've never been before. So I've now I've sort of completed the set handling. So that's the one at the... So if you're coming from... Ah, yes. Unless you're the Catholic club, you don't get the East Stand, of course. Yes. So you're at the far, far end of the ground um, and it was just... I think they were just surprised that people, again, that people were there, not so much with a cooking to order, but with the fact that it was taking them about a week to, I went up at half time, which admittedly is a bad time to go, but it was everything, like lose food kiosks. And by the time I sat down again, and admittedly by this point, I'd sort of lost track of time. We're a quarter of an hour back into the game. It was lucky I'd, it was lucky I'd stopped caring. Now, to be fair, that game yesterday was probably one to miss 15 minutes of. Yeah, there wasn't much of a game. Let's 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 be honest. Of course, Saints, you'd be a bit like Aberdeen, though. You'd just be chucked at whatever end of Hamden suits, depending on who you're playing. Yeah, well, every time we get to Hamden, it's always during a COVID season, so we're always knackered that way. <laughs> of course, I <yeah>, forgot. <laughs> there'll always be another. There'll be another pandemic next time. If you don't want another pandemic, make sure Saints stay out of the cup final. I will, I've never seen Saint Johnson win at Hamden. Um, never. Never. I don't think. Nope. Never seen them win at Hamden. 2014 was Parkhead. Yeah, of course, yeah. Celtic Park, yep. Uh, the semi-final was at Ibrox. Uh, yeah, we don't need to talk about that. No, no, no. The 1998 League Cup final was at Celtic Park again because Hamden was getting redeveloped, so we yeah, missed it then as well. So we've never won a we cup. We lost that one, Yeah, we did lose it, yeah. But aye, fair point. But yeah, we, we, we never we never play at Hamden. Or when we do, we don't, we don't win. In the semi-final last year, we lost. That was annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we do win, but not when there's crowds there. Yeah, <laughs> four times. Nobody there. <laughs> top scorers for Saints this season: uh, Stevie May and Dre Wright, joint top scorers. Um, six each. I think that probably sums up a lot about where Saints' problems are again this season: is just scoring goals. Although better this season in terms of scoring goals than last season, it looks like. Yeah, Dre Wright, is, is especially who we know there's a player in Dre Wright, and he went off to Hibs, left us go to Hibs, didn't feature for whatever reason. And he's came back to Saints. Saints, obviously, one of these clubs that get the best out of players. Mm. Um, and he's basically getting told to shoot. Like, all his goals have been pretty spectacular. His last two, certainly, against... I think he scored twice against Celtic, once home and once away. The yeah. home one was a beauty from distance. Mm. The Kelly goal last week uh, was an absolute peach from distance as well. He's got a right ping on him. But the first time round when he played for us, he didn't score any. And I remember him missing sitter after sitter. So he's he's got his shooting boots on from, from wing back. And as you say, Stevie May is... Nicky Clark's not came out of our game. He's, he had a great start. Not playing great, but yeah. Um, six goals for a campaign is uh, one of the better seasons, to be brutally honest with you. <laughs> it's usually shared yeah. out between the f- uh, eight top goal scorers all on four. 
is is the usual kind of thing. We've not we've not had like a like a twenty a season like like you you will have this season. So yeah. that's that's a worry. This is it, and I thought you touched on it. I mean, the irony of Dre Wright this season is he couldn't hear a cow on the arse with a banjo when he played on you know further up the park for us, like on the right side of a front three. Stick him at right back, and all of a sudden he's got six in one season, which isn't exactly. It's good for a right back. Maybe just need um, to be further out. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, Steve Maisel's Maisel. He's not. He's doing pretty well. Clark was. A, I thought he was going to be the one. I thought he was going to be 10, 12, which again isn't millions, but top scorer in the league last season was Charles Cook, who got about. 14. So I thought Clark could maybe get into double figures. Um, but and he had a great start and then form after the World Cup and now he's out for the season anyway. So he's been disappointed. I still think how many games we've got left this season? About nine, ten? Nine to go. Yeah. Nine to go. I still think I might have got do some quick maths. I still think Theo could get 20 goals this season. <laughs> <laughs> I'm backing him. Oh, honestly, he's the loveliest big guy going, but that's the problem. Theo Bear, yeah. He's, he's such a sweet lad, but he actually plays like a really sweet lad. <laughs> he's just, it, for his frame, and he's a big, I mean, he's an absolute specimen, specimen of a boy. Like, but... Yeah, I, I thought he was really good at Killy last week and was unlucky to get hauled off, but... Do you think he'll start this weekend? It'll be him and me. No, I think it'll be Rudden. I think he'll get a start. It, to be honest with you, there's a decent, decent chance of McLennan. It's McLennan and May. It's McLennan, McLennan played at Killy last week. He came off the bench. So this was the best thing about this. So we'd start at Jimmy Brown at left wing back. Jimmy Brown is a right back. And then Davidson hauled him off five minutes before half-time, which is bogging anyway, and replaced him with Conor McLennan, who is a right-winger. Well, nominally. Um, nominally a right-winger, yeah. Um, and all the while, Tony Gallagher, who is a left-wing-back, is sat on the bench. So he obviously doesn't really like Tony Gallagher. But, um, yeah, actually, McLennan, I thought, did really well when he came on last week in a position that really isn't his so he might have done enough to and Davidson really likes him so I think he's actually done enough to curry favour but um, you obviously can't play this weekend though can he? oh shit Rick yeah that was whole pointless ramble I said it now yeah exactly. <laughs> no, we'll keep that bit in that, that's, that's yeah yeah no May, May and Rudden <laughs> May and Rudden <laughs> May and Rudden yeah yeah, this is why I have to deal with on a daily basis, weekly basis with my, with my editing skills. Like that was four minutes there to to mention a player that can't play. Yeah, I enjoyed the they, fact that you let it go. Uh, that's what I yeah, like the best. I know, yeah, I went, see him, you know what? We'll let it go. I can see him looking away, and I'm like, why is he looking away? And then I've, anyway, don't you worry about it. They, they sort of podcast lasts about four hours an episode, or is, for part of is, an episode. This is true. I, I've, I've got free rainy in the way. You do. They just Absolutely. go balls out, eh? It all stays oh, in. Yeah. Uh, the no, the worst thing is Gavin edits it. There is there's stuff that hits the cutting room floor. That's the worst <laughs> bit about this. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see if that stays in.
Falbian. That's Yeah, fair point. Um, so, yeah, the midfield are ringing. Dan Phillips will come back in. Hopefully, it'll be Phillips, McPherson, and Witherspoon. But whether they'll play all three is. And is that uh, Rudden and May up top? I reckon so. Um, no, because he's not going to drop Hallberg. Yeah. Uh, he's hopeless. Also, handsome, again, though. He's, oh, he's so handsome. So handsome. He's such a handsome boy, but he's. Um, it's only going to get him so far. You know what the irony is with Holbert? I remember his debut at Livy, and I was thinking back to this, and he was everywhere. He was putting tackles in, he was linking up play and attack. I thought, me, we're never going to keep this bloke. He's way too good. And then I saw, we sort of ended up getting the Holbert that Hibbs had. Yeah, that sudden realisation about this is why Hibbs have let him go. Yeah. Bit of a shy bag. <laughs> um... I must admit, I feel I feel bad about since I am looking forward to see Duke against Constantine. I'm not gonna lie. It's basically Constantine's worst nightmare. Um what's coming up with Duke. So it'd be interesting to see how much we get him up against uh, Constantine on, on, on Saturday. I've completely lost track of what I was gonna say, which is always good. Um Welcome to our world. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> we um, never know what's going on. I just usually hit a jingle button and see what happens. <laughs> Let's see. Uh right, what one do you want? Do you want to have a go at our uh, mystery voice competition? Come on then. Hi. I'm and I'm the dog of saints mystery voice oh there you go Aberdeen fans if you get that you'll be doing very well I don't ever think he's played for you he might have no he's not mystery voice competition that's what it is there's not competitions where it's that and jingles that's it there. that's, that's how we roll Gav's going to have to get that sorted out now there we go We'll just we'll do predictions then because I've literally yeah. got no idea what the fuck I was going to say. So there we go. Yeah. There's been we only one goal scored in this fixture since, like I said, November 2019. Even that was a two a one one draw, so it wasn't like it was a high scoring affair. Um, what are you boys thinking? Because you guys could still make top six. Eh? You've got you, you're running to the, the to the splits. Not bad. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. It could be. It could be worse as the way I look at these things. Yes. It's, seven it's points not off. Ideal, seven points off. But you do play Livingston and ourselves in that run and Hibs. What do you think? Do you have a chance at top six, or is that a bit of a, is that a pipe dream? Yeah, no. Uh, well, until it's mathematically improbable, then yes, we've got a chance. But uh, I'd, I'd be a, I'd be a big ask. Okay. We would need, we would need tomorrow for that to happen. Tomorrow is well, sorry, Saturday is a must-win game. Must-win game if that's going to happen. Um, but I, I can see it being nil-nil all over <laughs> it. Danny, come I on. think, I think we're going to win two-one. Ooh. Oh, nice. And there's goals uh, as well there. There's goals. Three of them. Goals with a chance of more goals. Um, yeah, I know you guys. Um, you guys are playing all that at the minute. He's got um, my number. The Ducks, the Ducks on fire. What? Um, Your defence is terrified. <laughs> on fire. Uh, um, I'm dreading our away support to sign to pull that one out of the bag. I know. <sighs> It'll make a change from Ultras Eberdeen, though. Uh, Which, true. It just, I, 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 I quite like that, but um, it makes what's me smile. Mo- what's, what's your most cringeworthy song that your band sang that you go, oh, please don't, please don't put that on it? Back. Oh, um, there was a couple last season, especially with Glass, when when it started off quite well. Um, there was one just about Stephen Glass, and it was just like, oh, no, no, like I just hate that. <laughs> and then there was another one about, um, to the tune of Vats Entertainment, which involved Jack McKenzie being involved in it. Jack McKenzie's a left-back. So when you're picking up Jack McKenzie and to go along with that's entertainment, it's a bit. Not, <laughs> that's how bad things have been. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, those two weren't good. 
What's the one for um, uh, Holberg is to the tune of... Um, I want to dance with you. Marcia Holberg. I want to watch us. I, I don't know. Half the time I can't really work out what um, <laughs> what the FCU is saying. That makes my balls go inside my body every time I hear that. Like, <laughs> literally, they contract back inside me. Do you know, oh. do you know what I hate? John? I, I sort of can't believe I'm saying this, and I might make myself deeply unpopular in Perth. Percy Johnson party all the time. Oh, I'm a big fan of Percy Johnson. Johnson party. party I think because I love the original song so much. And you know what? If it really got going, it'd be great, but it's always like just about six lads from the FCU who really try the hardest to get it going and then it just doesn't happen. Or And then some pissed up dad will join in on an away day, usually me. But um, yeah, just uh, yeah, it's always a crushing disappointment. Remember the Peter Pollitt song that, like when Aberdeen won the League Cup, which yep. kind of was doing the rounds? Um, we, I, well, it wasn't me, but I was there when a young group of fans tried to turn it into Alan Manis' baby. For Saint, the St. Johnson goalkeeper at the time. <laughs> and they sung it the whole match and it did not work. Alan Manis, oh. <laughs> And everybody's kind of looked at him and went, this is not going to take off, my friend. It's, it's been hoovered. But they kept going for it. Like it. You know, that's the thing. They did not back down. They doubled down to anything else. Speaking of, which, actually, uh, speaking of chance, because I spotted this a few weeks ago, because um, I don't know why I ended up, well, I know exactly why I ended up looking at it. It was a Dungeon United vlogger from, what's the stand behind the goal? Is, it, is that the George Fox? Um, uh, George, George Fox is the podcast in it. That's the old Fox thing. Yeah. That's Ronnie and um, the other uh, guy. But I think um, the George Fox the stand middle. is the one behind the yeah, goal. That's, yeah, that's the name of the stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there was a guy in there, and the reason I watched it was just because Jay Horter was just noising up that part of the uh, United support after we went 3-1 up, and I just wanted to watch it because it was funny. But then I watched a bit of that vlog <laughs> for some bizarre reason, and they were singing a song, which I've never heard I know, a home sports sing about Aberdeen, which is about driving tractors. Right, that pattern said uh, left surely for us exclusively well, for St. Johnson. That's what I thought at the time. I was like, "This is <laughs> odd patter. This is surely reserved for St. Johnston." Uh, do you recognise this song? I can't read and I can't write. It doesn't really matter. That's the one because I support Aberdeen and I can drive a chat. Well, yeah, because I used to live in Dundee, so I'd occasionally hear it in Fat Sam's if they beat you or something like on a Saturday night. Never um, heard it in my puff before. Yeah, right. It's. <laughs> yeah, no, I've heard it, um, and it's always stuck in my head because it is quite a simple song to remember. But yeah, no, I don't get. We are notorious for being the firmest. Even Sky, yes. when they were doing, we won hay bales because we are the firmest. So uh, yeah, you're not having that of us. Oh, I don't, I don't want to. I was just, I was just amused by the whole thing. But the rule is, we do the tractors. You are notoriously bad at kicking jelly beans. That's that's the rule. That exactly. is the rule of them. <laughs> that's where we go to. That's it. Speaking about just on one final thing about Dungeon X, we can all have a good old laugh about Dungeon United quickly. Yeah. Um, I did see that Mark Birgitte's match worn jersey from the game against you guys was available on United. I was so tempted to buy it. So it had I, a big grass stain on the shoulder as well, which was amazing. I I almost bid for it, and then I talked myself out of it because. Because basically I asked uh, the club, well, I asked somebody if CB May would have been able to sign it, and he kind of refused politely um, in the interest of respect and fairness, which, which I completely understand. That would be the only reason I would buy it, yeah, to get CB May to sign it. But what I'd need to do is kind of wrap it up and just leave that little square available. Can you sign here, please? And then unveil it. Ah, get it around you! <laughs> but, it looked uh, like the Saints fan that bought it. 
It would have been a Saints fan. Why would a Dundee United fan want that other than to just torch it outside his house? I couldn't believe they had it back through his window. It's it's classic Dundee United this season, though, isn't it? Just not not reading the room. You know, we're like, yeah, lads, that's that's not what to do with that. The AZ Alkmaar print straight after, like the one nil. Yeah, that which no, the canvas thing. Yeah, after after beating them one nil, we're getting absolutely pumped. I thought that was the place where I could think of. Was it six or seven? The eight, seven, seven. Seven. But but we play. um, we play five aside. Well, I mean, he's been a mate of yours for a long, long time. And we're big Dundee United fan. Uh, he won't be listening to this, so I can name him. So, Hooky. Um, and he turns up to fives. We've not seen him for a while. And he turned up, like, sort of November for the first time in ages. And he's wearing a Dundee United European Tour T-shirt. <laughs> and he's, uh, his reasoning was, because we gave colours and whites, and it was a white one. And his, um, his reasoning was... Um, I might as well get my fucking money's worth out of it now. Fair point. Ironically, he's a farmer. Who <laughs> <laughs> is Hunky? Yeah, Robin. Yeah, Robin Pollock. That's his real name. And he's a well, farmer. Yeah, I know he's a. Yeah, I know his real name. I didn't know he's a farmer. Well, there we go. On that bombshell. <laughs> nice way to wrap things up. <laughs> Synergy. Love it. Brilliant. There we go. Danny, <laughs> Sam. It's been a privilege again. I was going to wish you all the best for Saturday, but I'd be lying. Um, yeah. I just wanted to be entertaining. Yeah, that's all I think right. It's my. Uh, I just I'm want taking, everyone to have a lovely time. Yeah, I'm taking my wee boy down. It's his first away game on Saturday, so. Um, oh, and you're taking him to McDermott. Yeah, not my yeah. choice to be fair. Do you not want him to ever come back to a football game ever again? Is that the, the reason behind it? I, I see how like you're thinking. He's a good luck chart. To be fair, he's been at two Aberdeen games so far this season: five 0 against Livingston and four 0 against Kilmarnock. Four one against Kilmarnock, so he's nine one aggregate. Um, he's nice. got no idea what the life in front of him is to lead to. Bless him. Miserable. So we'll start. We'll start on Saturday. <laughs> Before we go, speaking of what a game on Saturday, can I make a quick plug? Of course. So, yeah. Um, so, I'm co-coordinating with um, uh, Colin McCarris through our Saints' Fans Forum and the Fan Supporting Food Bank's collection. Um, so, we're hoping, I think we've got else, we think we're there to get it on the go for the first time on Saturday. It's been like months in the planning. Um, so yeah, if I can just ask all the good folk of Aberdeen, who I have never ever slagged off, I have never said a word against you, um, just to keep an eye on sort of social media and stuff like that, because um, I'll sort of be collecting, um, for our, uh, I'll go to our local food bank, but obviously, and um, I think it's a pretty good call. So, uh, if yeah, if you guys were, if any of your listeners uh, wanted to keep an eye on social media about details about that, I'm kind enough to donate. That would be absolutely lovely. And you might even get to, you know, you wouldn't have to speak to me. You could go to someone else who's working on it. So don't worry about that. <laughs> Come on, Aberdeen fans, load up your tractors. Apparently. <laughs> we'll get it done. Uh, Danny, when it's out on the social media stuff, give it to us as well. We'll retweet it and all that kind of stuff as well. But yeah, anyone's listening to it, if you're heading down McDermott at the weekend and you can chuck a few bits and pieces in the boot of the car on the way down the road, Take them down, hand them over. We've done a few of these at Pathology as well this season, which have gone really well. So I'm sure that uh, lots of good folks will be able to help out with that really? down in Perth as well. But hey, listen, Danny, Sam, a pleasure once again to talk to you. Like I say, I was going to wish you all the best for the weekend, but that'll be an absolute lie. But all the best for the rest of the season. <laughs> and um, we'll, we'll catch you on the other side. Take care. Adios. Thanks again. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it, buddy. See you later. Yeah, thanks, mate. So there we go. That wraps up this week's episode of the ABZ Football Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Please remember to like, subscribe, or whatever you might do on your podcast player of choice. Join us next week for episode 97. 
We're getting there, lads. We're getting there. Yeah, we're uh, we're in the, the nervous nineties, as they call it, in the sport of kings. That is, of course, cricket. The century is just we're one hit away now. Yeah, I'm putting up with your wrestling stuff, but if you're bringing cricket in, then that is me. <laughs> I love games like he's t- he says he's touring. You know, he's just been like watching back catalogs of WrestleMania all week just to try and you know. <laughs> Next week he's gonna come in and just like hit us with like references left, right, and center. It's gonna be great. Anyway, (laughs) join us next week for episode 97, where we will review our trip to Perth. We'll preview the visit of Derek McInnes' Kilmarnock to Pataudry the following week. And are we going to put anything else in there, do we think? That's enough for now. That enough for now? Okay, there we go. A little review and a preview. Lovely stuff. We'll look forward to seeing you then. Stand free. This episode of the ABZ Football Podcast was brought to you in association with Siberia Bar and Hotel on Belmont Street, Aberdeen. Head into the bar, quote the phrase ABZ Pod, that's ABZ Pod, for a £3 pint of Foster's, £4 pint of Moretti, or £5 pint of Fierce any day of the week, including match days. Siberia is open seven days a week, all year round, and the bar is located only 30 seconds walk from the nearest bus stop taking supporters to Stadium for free on match days. Come on, you Reds.